thanks for joining us today for our Cohen Esri Apartment Investors podcast. We have our President and CEO, Lee Harris, as well as our Chief Operating Officer, Ryan Huffman. My name is Lydia Kincaid, and I manage our market rate funds. Today, we're going to talk about amenities. Um, one of the driving forces behind our investment thesis is that we make pretty significant upgrades, um, not only to the interiors of the apartment units, but also the amenities that our residents enjoy throughout the apartment communities that we own and operate. Um, so we're going to go through some of the things that we see and, and some of the upgrades that we make. But Lee, how about you tell us from a historical perspective, what did amenities used to look like when you were growing up in the property management world? <laughs> yeah, they were pretty scant. Let's just put it that way. Uh, amenities were not an afterthought, but it wasn't a, a particularly big deal. Uh, I started out in this business in 1975, <clears throat> managing a 234-unit apartment complex in Topeka, Kansas, built in 1969, uh, well, actually 68, and then a, a second phase in 1971. Uh, so this was a relatively new community, and we had a state-of-the-art swimming pool, uh, which was a rectangle with some uh, concrete around it, and maybe half a dozen uh, Walmart-era uh, uh, chairs for people to sit on, maybe. Uh, add, but, but I will tell you, the thing that was the most impressive about this apartment complex was the indoor swimming pool. And we had the only indoor swimming pool in town, and we made a big deal out of it. <clears throat> now, I can remember that swimming pool was nasty. Uh, it fogged up the, these huge windows. They were, the, the, the seals were always breaking. And so it was a big foggy mess. Uh, all, all this concrete everywhere, no, nowhere to sit. But it was nice and warm in the winter if you wanted to take a dip. We had uh, laundry rooms that we said those were amenities. We had a, a little bit of a pond. It was a runoff area. That, it was a kind of nice pond. And I somehow wrangled a fountain to put out in the middle of it. And that was it. That was the extent of the amenity package for this apartment complex. It was fairly common. Uh, and guess what? Most people didn't use the pools. Uh, they wanted bragging rights with swimming pools, but they didn't use them. And so we've come a long way in the amenities world since 1975. Uh, I know there were some complexes that had a tennis court, perhaps. Uh, that was not that big a deal, but some people wanted to play tennis back in the day. But that really was a you know, swimming pool, a laundry room, maybe a tennis court. That was it. That was the amenity package. I think it's worth mentioning, Lee, that that, that was the apartment complex in Topeka. Like yes. just that amenities, it was the top apartment complex in Topeka. Which yep. is fascinating to look back and, and say that today. Well, that's right. Now, you might have had a complex or two with a carport uh, here and there. These carports <clears throat> were, um, <laughs> it was very interesting to see the number of carports that were damaged by uh, vehicles that were too tall. And so there were ragged edges uh, all over the place with these carports and sometimes caving in and uh, but that was an amenity. You know, we did not have carports. We talked about putting in some carports, could never figure out how to get it done. Uh, it would have been more of a headache than not, but 
I just, it, it, it was just a whole different era. And, and we mainly had people living in our apartment complex that would, would be saving up enough money to eventually buy a house. And uh, that was our biggest competition were the, were the homes, single family homes. It wasn't another apartment complex with better amenities. It was all about people moving, moving in and moving up and moving out. So different day, Ryan. It was a different day. Yeah. So, so how about we fast forward a few decades and we talk <laughs> That really through... makes me feel old. That's it. There Thank you. you. Yeah. We talked through a couple of amenities that we see and that we implement on our properties. Um, there's a couple more things than, than just a pool and a laundry room these days. Um, and for our listeners, what we really try to do on, on site with the properties that we own and manage is give our residents what's called the best fee experience. Um, these are lifestyles of choice. So we really want people to feel like they live in a great place with great services, great amenities, that it's really, really hard to leave. Um, leave for a class A apartment, leave for their single family home. Um, but Ryan, maybe you can talk us through some of the key amenities um, that really make our properties work. Yeah, I think to kind of set this up, we should probably talk about what happened between the 1970s and today. <clears throat> and really, you went from, and we've talked about this in other podcasts, you went from a renter of circumstance, which is what a large swath of the population was was renting kind of from 70s onward, to the boomer cohort that wants to be footloose and fancy free, to the millennials that are coming from being raised by boomers and then from you know the the new dorm experience i call it at college um where you have you know much much greater amenities and much more privacy than maybe what what we even had where it was a small room with a communal bathroom that that's those days are long gone um and so what you've got now is a renter of choice so they are choosing to rent and therefore they expect amenities and they expect heavy amenities um in these properties in order to live there because that's what they will pay for. Um, so amenities definitely have come a very long way. I remember Lee going back when we used to say garbage disposals were an amenity and, and having washer dryers in unit was an amenity. And those are becoming what I would call expected now um, versus a, a quote amenity or bragging rights. So um, definitely have come a long way. So what things are important that make our properties work? I think you have to look at what everybody's doing today, right? They like gathering spaces. They like, you know, to be around people. And we can talk about whether or not the pandemic has changed that, but particularly outdoor spaces. And what I look at is what amenities do, would people pay to have offsite? So here's an example. You would pay for a gym membership. If you on your property create a fitness center, which I think is, is hugely important, that will mimic the gym they don't have to pay for the gym membership and that translates to higher rent, right? So I lead off with, with that. That's how I look at it. I think a resort style swimming pool where you've got cabanas, where you've got maybe grilling stations, a smoker, um, an area for someone to gather outside is a definite must have. Um, up and coming um, is smart technology. So anything from smart locks to thermostats, to lighting so that in effect, they don't have to have a key, right? You can either have an app on your phone or a card or something and you walk up to the door and the door automatically unlocks, it senses you and, and gets your apartment ready. Um, those are things that are, are highly, highly sought after. 
Another big, huge one that has has really come during the pandemic and was coming before that with the introduction of Amazon is package lockers. So the old days of they dropped the package off at the office, you got a note, you said, come get your package. Here's the problem. When everybody's working during the day, the office is open. And when they get home, the office is closed. So you ended up with these huge rooms of mountains of packages and people come in on the weekend to pick those up when they were not working. Um, now the package lockers sit in an area, they get a, another app text on their phone with a code. They walk up to the locker system, they hit the code, a green light flashes where it's at and the locker opens and they can get it any time of day, 24, seven, 365. So that is definitely one that absolutely has to be there. Um, I do think that, um, a minute, let's, let's talk a little bit about amenities that might not be as beneficial though. I think business centers today are on the way out, right? Smartphones, iPads, everybody's got one. People don't really need to sit and use computers in a business center anymore. Um, so I think that one is probably on its way out. Um, interestingly, gated access is depends on the market. What I found with gated access is it's really heavy in areas like certain areas of Texas. Kansas City, it's not very prevalent um, in terms of having gated access. So I'm not sure that that's one that, that folks will necessarily go for as much. Um, and movie theaters, right? I mean, you've got streaming everywhere. You can see and pay minimal amounts of money to get full access. Again, on on I watch people on phones and iPads watching movies. So having a, a movie center, I think, is probably also on the way out. Let me let me throw something else in here uh, from the old days. And Ryan, you remember this when you started with us in two thousand two. I think we were we were still in this mode. We were we did not want pets. Uh, no pets. No no dogs. No cats. People would sneak them in, but uh, we didn't want them primarily because one, dogs were noisy. The people didn't pick up after their pets in the old days like they do now. Uh, and, and they would make messes on the carpet and ruin our carpet. Well, all of that's changed. So we've moved totally away from a no pets policy. And we love pets. We embrace pets, especially dogs. Uh, and there are some amenities, Ryan, that uh, have evolved relative to dogs. Uh, just some standard ones, but also something we created. You want to talk about uh, uh, the standard and then the one we created ourselves? Yeah, I mean, the standard is, you know, what they call dog parks, if you want to talk about a standard. And, and it's interesting, I was with an investor when we were touring one of the, the acquisitions we were doing and, and they, they've created a joke. The last two we've been on, we go by the dog parks and nobody's in the dog park. <laughs> so they always joke and say, does anybody ever use these? Well, the answer is they do probably not during the day. I mean, again, everybody's working, but having a dog park that actually isn't just a fenced yard. I mean, you really have to have something for the pets to, to do and play on. What I found with that community or folks that own pets, particularly in apartment complexes, that's how you meet people. I mean, a lot of this is just making connections and you'll see connections if you take your dog out to play and somebody's next door, you introduce yourself and that's how connections are made. So that's that's a standard. A new thing before I get to what we created um, is dog washing stations. Um, those, again, here we go with the amenity that people pay for outside of the property. You will take your dog in to get groomed. 
Um, or you may have to use the apartment tub if there is one to do that. And if you have a washing station, it's easy to get that out of there. You maybe don't have to pay as much in grooming fees um, to, to handle that. So that's that's an up and coming. That That isn't on all of our properties. I think Lee, what it's probably only on about five of them at this point. Um, but it's something that we're adding to what I'm going to call the standard package. What we have found people will pay for is a private yard. Um, and the private yard, you know, the way you have to do it as an investor or a real estate person is you want to have kind of a six to eight foot, um, what I call patio yard. So it can't go on every ground unit um, because the contouring may not be right or you may not have the space. But if you construct this and they'll cost a couple thousand dollars, put a big enough gate in that it can swing open for your mowers. Um, but that's worth anywhere from $75 to $125 a month in additional fees that people will pay for. Why is that? Well, when it's winter and the snow's flying here in the Midwest, the last thing anybody wants to do is bundle up, get themselves out, let their dog do the business. You can literally just open the patio door and out they go and they come back in and, and it's easy all times of the year. So people love their pets and that and that they, they should embrace them. And it's it's gotten even more over time than what we thought. So um, we are adding those private yards where we can uh, in areas, not only for ease of the resident, but also it's a revenue generating opportunity for us. Well, and we've also gone to <clears throat> the plank style flooring in the units uh, as we make these uh, these renovations, uh, which protects uh, certainly the investment where dog messes are concerned. No longer are we forced to discard carpet because the pets have messed on it. It's easy to clean up a, a dog mess on a on a plank style floor. So that has certainly helped us uh, be even more embracing of, of pets. Mm -hmm. I mean, I will say one, we haven't talked about this amenity and we call it an amenity and I don't know if it is, but you really need to have your sites, what I'm going to call fully automated. So the ability to make a maintenance request online, the ability to pay online. A lot of folks don't want to do that interaction with the office, that personal interaction. And it, primarily it's the millennial generation. I mean, Lee, you and I can sit and talk about it, but the boomers like face-to-face -face contact and the millennials would rather just be on the phone and, and do their thing. So that's a heavy amenity that if you're not using it right now, you're behind. Um, because having, and, and that's everything, right? I'm talking about two things where I talk about maintenance requests and, and um, pay online, but, you know, having a Facebook page where you're interactive on social media um, is a, is another plus and a big one, because again, you have to follow what the trends are in the population and that's where everybody's going. Brian, how much are you seeing and how much are we utilizing smart thermostats and other sort of sorts of like integrated technology that people can just access from their phones throughout their unit. So we are getting ready to enter our first deployment of a full property automation. Um, and so we haven't deployed it yet. The reason is we vetted all of the technology and all of the companies that provide it to make sure that we were selecting the product that we wanted. And so We've done that and we're going to enter that deployment, but it's it's pretty much what I described. It's smart locks, it's smart thermostats, it's lighting. Um, and the idea behind it is that your apartment could be fully automated and controlled via phone um, if you wanted. And, you know, no keys, walk up, 
And I don't know if anybody's been to Las Vegas, but some of the hotels in Las Vegas have this technology already that they've deployed that you literally put your key. They still have a key, so you key open the entry. But as soon as you do, the blinds are going up, the lights are coming up to what um, they were set at before you left. So, you know, in rudimentary, I call it rudimentary form, that technology is already there. This is now, it's advancing um, into other areas. So we haven't deployed it yet in a full deployment, but we are getting ready to do that right here in Kansas City is our first deployment. Um, so we'll see. And we've got probably five sites that we've slated it in the capital stack. Um, and so those sites will enter deployment once we have the first pilot done. And you mentioned Las Vegas hotels. Is this something that's pretty typical in the class A apartments and that's why we're incorporating it? Or is this based just on you know, resident feedback and what they're looking for? You know, it's a little bit of both, Lydia. I mean, it. it I haven't seen it widespread yet on class A. So we are a bit on the leading edge in the B space. I definitely haven't seen it in B properties. Any property that we have toured, um, made offers on does not have this technology. So um, it will be an amenity that's a leg up that I call it on maybe the class A stuff today. There, there are some other uh, amenities that we ought to probably touch on here. <clears throat> Car washes, uh, we've installed car washes on some properties and these are not uh, really expensive. It's not the kind you drive through with brushes and everything else, but it, you, you can get a, a soap wand that you soap down your car and then you can drive it under a, uh, a, a wash station that sprays it with uh, you know some level of uh, intensity to wash off the the, the soap. Uh, there's no drying other than the old manual system of drying, but those seem to be uh, appreciated a great deal by our residents. Um, one thing we haven't talked about much is electric car charging stations. Uh, that seems to be something that's that's uh, it's on the uh, in, in the near future, I think. Uh, we're going to see more demand for that. Ryan, what's the what's the the outlook from the apartment standpoint where uh, electric car charging stations are concerned? I agree with you, Lee. I, I think particularly <clears throat> in large metros, um, and this is going to depend. This one is interestingly, I think, going to spread maybe from coast inward. Um, I think if you look at California, it's going to become a, a must very far more quickly maybe than here in Kansas City. And I'll give you an example. We're buying a property out in Lamexa. We're closing in about two weeks. It does have these electric car charging stations. It is the only property in the submarket that has them. And there is a ton of brand new construction that has gone in and they haven't put them in yet. So um, it's definitely going to be up and coming. You're hearing the, you know, kind of the political movement behind it. And so I think it's going, you're going to have to put them in. Um, you may have to put them in and I'm going to say you will have to put them in. And how far is this? Five years, 10 years, I don't know, on existing properties in order to remain competitive. Um, because again, right now what you have is folks can go to the local Hy-Vee while they're shopping and, and charge the car. They're not going to want to do that if everybody in the submarket, they can just do it on the property and you're the only one that doesn't. So I think you're, my encouragement is everybody needs to look into it, look into cost of it and, and start preparing for that now if they're not already. Yeah, and the other thing is bicycles. Uh, there's a lot of 
of, of folks that are interested in bicycling and uh, <clears throat> we've been looking actually been installing bike repair stations uh, typically those are indoor uh, indoor bike storage is something that, that, that especially in uh, areas where there's uh, a lot of folks that are interested in outdoors uh, Colorado uh, we have a property we're, we're getting ready to start construction where uh, a bike station and an indoor bike storage is just part of the Part of the program there. Uh, Ryan, talk also about charging uh, for these amenities. How much of this is is included in the uh, the rent and how much of this is separate uh, and, and people would actually pay? So I think, you know, our general style is not to nickel and dime because people hate that. I mean, they hate it when they see a rent price for this and then it's like add 10 more fees to what you're dealing with. A bulk of what we talked about is already included in the rent. Now you're getting a premium for it. So, but it's invisible almost to you. Um, there are times we charge what we call an amenity fee. So it lumps all of the amenities in to a singular fee. What things would we charge separate for? We charge separate for garages and carports um, because not everybody can have one. Uh, in fact, most sites have a limited number of those on the property. So we charge separate for that. Um, we do charge separate for like things like clubhouse rental. Um, we will charge a fee for the smart technology um, because that's actually, you can't, it'll just be an added fee that goes on. You can't opt out of it. But there has to be a payment made to the provider for all of the background support, um, you know, the app and, and all that stuff. So we will charge separate for that. Um, we haven't talked about high-speed internet and cable. There, this one's kind of a touchy subject, right? With all of the streaming that's out there and the cheapness of the streaming, the idea of bulk cable contracts is kind of going by the wayside a bit. We have maybe two properties in the portfolio that have bulk cable contracts that were there when we inherited the property. We do charge separate for that. So, um, but everything else, Lee, is is we try and lump it in the rent so that we're not going through this menu that's ten miles long while you're trying to rent, um, and you can't figure out at the end of the day what your bill is. So that's actually that that's from the old Bob Esri days. So it's kind of been our mantra for fifty two years is to try and keep it simple. Yes. Well, and and I would tell you, as from an audience standpoint, uh, we mentioned the Best B. Lydia mentioned Best B. What does that mean? That's that's a Class B apartment uh, community that we have invested in. That we are making physical and operational improvements to mimic Class A. So the whole idea here is that you can live in a a, a Best B, a Conesri community that's Best B in class. Uh, with the, the full amenity package, uh, unit interior appointments, but at a at a rental rate that's significantly less than you would pay at a Class A property. As I've said many times before, the only thing we really can't change is the ceiling height. Uh, if if you're interested in living in a Class A property because you get a nine foot ceiling, not a lot we can do about that. But we we can pretty much provide everything else, and you can save a lot of money. So that's that's the whole notion here with these amenities uh, that we've been talking about. Well, I think I think you wrapped this up well, Lee. Thanks, Ryan and Lee as well for talking through our amenities 
approach here today. And thanks everyone for listening. Uh,